Einstein said that the definition of insanity is to continue to do the same things over and over again and expect different results. If you want different results, you have to do different things. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Life Change Secrets. We're going to talk about finding new ways to do things to get what you want. Are you ready for a change and to finally do something about that feeling inside of you that says you have a different calling in life? To finally go after that dream or dust off that project you've been thinking of creating but still haven't done anything about yet? Do you need some support, direction, or motivational words from someone who has been there and who understands you? Well, if so, you've come to the right place. This podcast is a place to find inspiration for those who want to take control and change their lives for the better. Welcome to Life Change Secrets. Here's your host, Tony. So if you want different results, like I said, you have to start doing different things. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to do for everybody to go out and just start doing different things. Because to do different things... A lot of times what you're going to really have to do, first of all, is to get outside of your comfort zone. And you have to get used to being outside of your comfort zone. And the more you go outside of your comfort zone, the more, the bigger your comfort zone is going to get. It kind of reminds me of um, the movie Batman Begins. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but there was a scene in there where it was really kind of the story of how Batman became Batman. And I remember there was a scene in that movie where Batman's mentor, before he actually became Batman, told him, he said, you should become Batman. And he was like, no, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't remember the exact words, but it was something like this. And he was like, and his mentor was like, well, why not? He said, because when I was little, I fell down in a cave and there was a lot of bats in in that cave. And ever since that day, I've been afraid of bats. And so I'm like terrified. I don't want to be Batman. And he said, well, you, and his mentor told him, he said, then you know what you need to do? You need to go back down into that cave and you need to confront those bats head on. And so that's what we have to do. If you're afraid of something or is something that makes you uncomfortable, that's why it's called a comfort zone. So the comfort zone is all those, are all those things that you do every day or in your life that make you feel comfortable. And anything that's not in line with that or that's outside of that comfort zone makes you feel uncomfortable. Well, confronting your fears, which a lot of times those things that are outside of your comfort zone are things that you're feel fearful about or that just make you feel uncomfortable. Let's take an example of like speaking in public. Some people are terrified of that. They say that's the number one fear that people have is speaking in public. And so you go out and you have to get up on a stage in front of 100 or 500 or 1,000 people. People, Some people would be like, oh, I could never do that, you know? And that would put you outside your comfort zone. But what the fact of the matter is, the more you get outside of your comfort zone, the, the, the easier it's going to be. And the bigger your comfort zone is going to get. And that means whenever you, whenever you get to a point where you're, you're doing something that's uncomfortable, that means that you're growing, and so you have a choice whether you can either keep doing that or you can stop and then and then go back into your shell. You know, let me give you an, an example. If you cross your arms right now, drop whatever you have in your hands and cross your arms. Okay, so you got them crossed. Good. 
So I want you to notice which of your arms is on top and which one of your arms is tucked underneath with your hand coming up to the top on the bottom. And so now I want you to notice whether it's the right, for example, when I do it naturally, my right arm is on top and my left arm is underneath and my left hand comes up underneath my arm. And so now I want you to let your arms go, take them apart, and then I want you to put your arms, cross your arms again, but this time I want you to put the other hand, the other arm on top and the other arm underneath. So this time for me, my left arm now is on top and my right arm is tucked underneath. And so now I want to ask you, how does that feel? And I already know what the answer is because if you're not used to doing that, it probably doesn't feel very comfortable. And so that's what happens to us sometimes when we when we do something new, when we get out of our comfort zone. It doesn't feel very comfortable. So now we have the opportunity, we have the chance to say, what are you going to do? Are you going to stick with that? Because what they say is that it takes roughly, and it depends on what the goal is, it depends on um, what you're trying to pursue, what you're trying to achieve. But they say that to form a new habit, it takes about 30 days okay, of consistent training. So in other words, to make you feel comfortable crossing your arms the opposite way from what you're used to, you'd have to do this like 30 days in a row and every and you know and keep practicing it so that by the time that those 30 days are up, it would feel more normal, which is something that's pretty logical. Well, that's the same thing that happens whenever you get outside of your comfort zone. Whenever you, if you're terrified of speaking in public, the more you get up and speak in public, the more likely it is that you're going to feel comfortable doing that or more comfortable. You know, it might take you a month, it might take you 15 days, it might take you a year, but it, what, what, no matter what it is, the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to feel. And so if you want to get be creative and find new ways to do things, you have to start stepping out of your comfort zone. Because if you stay in it, you're going to keep doing the same things and probably keep getting the same results, right? And so that means... You know, that moves me on to the next point, which is you're going to have to start developing a mentality of going out and actively looking for new things to do, new ways of doing things. And so one of the ways to do that is to is to go out and see what other people are doing. So if you're trying to start a business, for example, and you instead of staying in your own little world and trying to figure out how you can start your business like you want to do with this great product idea that you have and this great service idea that you have and you haven't even compared it to any other thing. You haven't gone out and done any market research. You don't know what else is going out there. You don't know what your competitors are doing. You have no idea. You're just going to stay in your shell and your comfort zone and do it like you think that it needs to be done. Then your chances of being successful are limited. Whereas if you go out and do research and see what other people are doing and then ask yourself, how can I put my twist on it, right? You always want to ask yourself that because your voice is going to resonate differently than other people's voices. So I think, you know, think about this. I used to study acting, as you probably know, and I remember I was in a, you know, in acting classes, there's so many different kinds of acting. We had um, technique class. I studied the Meisner technique. Um, there was Shakespeare class. There was scene study class. There was audition technique class. There was voice class. There was 
body movement class. And in the body movement class, because, you know, you had to be aware of, of how your body moves. And in that class that we had a teacher, and I'll never forget his name was Grant Neal. And Grant asked us a question. He said, this is really, really important to being a good actor. He said, because if you always react to the same kinds of situations in the same way, you're going to be a pretty boring actor. You have to learn how to naturally react to different situations in different ways. And so that's just another way of thinking about how to develop your creativity. So one of the questions that he asked us right at the beginning of that first class, and I never forgot this, was he said, how many different ways are there to get what you want? And that question automatically presumes that there are other ways to get what you want than you've already tried. It just it just kind of takes for granted that there are different ways. And a lot of people don't even think that. And so that's why I said, you know, the mentality thing is different because you have to get in that, that frame of mind of believing that there are other ways to do stuff, right? And so, and that makes me think about sometime when I was in college, I studied um, German studies as a major. And I remember Frau Hentz, she was one of my professors, and I remember she had us do an exercise once, it was a writing exercise, and she said, I want you to write a paragraph, and she told us what to write about, and, and she said, okay, once you're finished with that, now I want you to write that same paragraph using different words, and write it in a different way, and from another point of view. And that was such a powerful exercise for me, and so helpful. And so useful because I still utilize that today when I speak Italian, when I speak German, um, even when I'm writing something in English. Sometimes You know how it is when you write a sentence and then you write another sentence and you don't want to use the same word. So you have to use a different word that means the same thing. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. It's using your creativity. And so I always be thankful for that lesson from Frau Hentz. And then I'll tell you another thing, you know, trying to bring this down now, you know, like I always like to do, I'd like to give you some some theoretical concepts first, and then I want to bring it down and get, bring it even closer. So let me show you how I did some a couple of things while I was in acting classes. Um, well, I, I'm going to tell you one because the other one is going to take too long. But anyway... One of them is we had to, it was a funny exercise, because our acting teacher, his name was Bernard Hiller, and um, he's kind of like a motivational acting coach is what I always used to see him as. Anyway, and he was the kind of guy that really helped you to see, you know, to get you off your butt. If you really want to be an actor, then be an actor and go for it, you know? Anyway, he asked us, there was like 15 of us in the class, and he asked us one by one. He said, what would, the, what would be the thing that would embarrass you most in front of the group if you had to do it? And so I guess it was because of somebody just got the ball started rolling. And one of the person said, if I had to sing. And another person said, if I had to dance. And so everybody either picks singing or dancing. And, and I said... Which is was the really the real truth because you know I was like you know I was kind of exuberant and I was like if I had to sing in, in front of the class I'll sing something that's no problem if I have to dance I'll dance that's no problem so the only thing that I could think of and I'm, I'm I was really being honest so the only thing that I could really think of that would really embarrass me in front of the class I was and I was trying to think and I was like the only thing is if I had to have sex in front of everybody I don't think I could do that that would be difficult. 
And then he said to everybody, he said, okay, tomorrow, every, if you say, and he, he pointed to you, he said, what did you say? He, and the person would say, I said, dance. He said, good, tomorrow you're going to come and dance for everybody. What did you say? Sing it. Tomorrow you're going to come and sing for everybody. And he said to me, he said, and since you tried to be slick, he said, I'm not going to let you have sex with anybody. So don't even try it. He said, so you have to dance and sing for everybody tomorrow when you come in. I was like, okay, all right, bet, you know? <laughs> and so... So here's the thing. Most people, here's what they did. If they had the dance, they put the music on and they started dancing. The people had to sing, they put the music on and they started singing. And I said, because I, I love being creative. And so I told him, I said, listen, when you call my name, I'm going to be back behind the curtain. It's going to seem like I'm not ready. So don't get upset because he used to get really upset. You know, if you weren't ready when he and didn't do what you told him to do. And I was like, it's going to seem like I'm not ready, but I really am. Okay. So don't get upset. He was like, okay. So here's what I did. I organized in the class. I asked four girls in the class to come and help me. And I told him what they had to do. So the scene was this. He said, okay, Tony, I'm, we're ready for you now. So I came out from behind the curtain and I was dressed in a tuxedo, but I didn't have my coat on and I didn't have the couplings in. And so I came out with my coat in my hand and I, and I asked the audience, which was my classmates, I asked them, I said, uh, I said, I'm, I'm sorry, um, teacher, I said, I'm not, I'm not ready. So I'm sorry, Bernard, I'm not ready. Um, can somebody just help me get finish getting dressed? And these four girls that I asked to help me, they all came up. One of them took my coat. The, two of them took my cufflinks. There was one on each side. And the other one put my tie on. Okay? So they were all working on me. And I just stretched my arms out. One was putting the cufflinks on one side. The other one was putting the cufflink on the other side. Um, the, the one was in the front. And she put my tie on. And then the other one was in the back. After they got finished putting my tie and the cufflinks on, then she helped me put my coat on. And then one by one, they came up and they kissed me on the mouth. And they said, don't worry about it. You'll be just fine. And then they went and sat down. And then I told them, I said, you know, I'm just so, and then I turned to the audience and I said, I'm just so touched by, you know, this, this, you, you guys helping me. I'm, and I really, I'm just so appreciative. And I, I just don't really know how to express it. I just, I just feel, I feel, I mean, I, I just feel so, and then I snapped my fingers, and I had already um, got this straight with the DJ. And I said, when I snap my fingers, I want you to play a song. And so I said, I just feel so, I feel, and I snapped my fingers. And then it was James Brown. I said, I feel good. I feel good. And I was dancing, and I was singing, and everybody, and everybody was getting up and, sla and slapping their fingers and everything. <laughs> It was so cool. and um, But um, the reason I'm telling you that is, is because some people just limit themselves to doing what they think they should do. You know, if you have to dance, okay, I'll put some music on and I'll dance. If I have to sing, I'll put some music on and I sing. And I tried to be creative, you know, make it interesting, make it different, right? And that's why I, did, I had that whole scene, you know, choreographed out and set up so that I could do something different. I said, I want to stand out. Right? 
And so when you put together your business, you want to stand out. You want to be different from everybody else. You don't want to do the same thing everybody else is doing, right? And so that was one of the things that I learned about being creative it was when I also when I had a uh, I was a motivational coach for a, a professional soccer coach over here in Italy and um, one of the things that I learned was because I was his motivational coach right and so that means I was helping him to motivate his players so I wasn't directly involved with the players I was working on him and he was working on the players and so if you think about it there were they had like 38 games in a season. They, plus, they had some extra games, you know, special games and tournaments and stuff like that. And the fact of the matter is that in, 30, in 38 games, every week that they go out and play, there's not a whole lot of different messages to give those players to make them want to go out on the field and be really, really motivated and, and pressing, those, pressing hard their, 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 the competition. And, you know, there's not really a whole lot of different messages to give. And one of the things that I learned from that particular job that I actually had to create because it had never been done before was that if you can think of different ways to say the same things, because just imagine this, if the coach for 38 weeks in a row says the same thing every week to try to motivate his players. You can only imagine that after just like four or five weeks, the players are going to end up finishing his sentences and they'll be like, yeah, okay, we got it, we got it, we got it. You have to think of new ways to do that. So one way might be you give them a book. One way might be you had to, um, we put things on the bulletin board in the in the locker room. We put sayings. We had speakers come in. Um you know, we gave them, uh, there were quotes that were put out. We had PowerPoint presentations. Sometimes he used a flip chart. Sometimes he would um, make them do things. He would have some of the players up, come up and talk. We always had to think of different ways to do this, do, you know, to say the same things. And to make sure that when they walked out on the field to play the game, that they were really, really motivated. And another thing that I learned is, as a parent is that the same thing with my son. I understood that if I keep telling him the same stuff over and over again in the same way, you know, it might go end up just going in one ear and one out the other. So I had to think of different ways to do stuff. I had to think of different ways to get him to eat eat certain foods. You know, for example, I remember I used to I wanted him to eat bananas. I remember when he was little and he didn't like bananas. And then I made him like Chinese bananas. It's not the most healthy thing in the world. So I put him in the, in the pan with butter and honey, and he loved it. He just ate him up, you know. Um, he didn't like squash. I love squash. And so when we sat down at the dinner, I didn't want to make two different meals. So I had to figure out a way to get him to eat squash. And so I said, you know, if I give him squash like I eat it, he's not going to eat it. So I put it in risotto. And when I put, made risotto with squash in it, he loved it. You see what I'm saying? And sometimes you just have to be, you have to think of different ways to do stuff. You know, um, I wanted him to go to college. I wanted him to be interested in studying. So I used to tell him to study and he didn't want to study. 
Um, so I said, I got to think of something different. So I took him to the United States and I took him on a tour of colleges. When he took him on the tour of colleges, when I took him on the tour of colleges and every, in every orientation session, they said, you have to have a certain grade point average if you really want to get in this college, because if you don't, you're not going to be it. When he came back, it was like day and night. He changed completely and he started studying again really, really seriously. And he's been that way ever since. You see what I'm saying? You have to think of different ways to do stuff. And so that's a lot of great, there's a lot of, you know, nice little interesting stories in there. So you might be asking, so, well, how do I do that? How do I actually start to get different stimulus and do things differently? Well, here's a couple concrete ways and things that you could think about doing. One of them is, um, you may or may not have heard me talk about this before, but there's a book that I read that if you, if you're, if this is one of your difficulties is finding different ways, um, there's a book called The Artist's Way by a woman named Julia Cameron. And Julia Cameron wrote this book for artists of all types, writers, um, singers, musicians, authors, you know, authors and writers. Anyway, but anyway, you know, people who rely on their creativity for their livelihood. And sometimes they lose it. And they get these, and what they have, like the writer's blocks, you know. There's some people, they're, they get blocked with their creativity. And they need help trying to get it back. So one of the, and that's why she wrote this book. And one of the things that she said in the book was that, um, which I really, really like, and I've done this many times myself. First of all, one of the things that she says is, if you want to have new ideas, one of the things that keeps you from having new ideas is because you have too much stuff in your brain already. And so before you put new ideas in your brain, you have to empty your brain out. It's just like a, a glass. If you want to put, if the glass is almost full and you want to put more, more stuff in and more wine in it or more water in the glass, you have to empty the glass out first and then you can put more water in it or more wine in it, right? And your brain is the same way. So you have to empty it out first. So one way that she suggests doing that, and I've done this before and it, it really is a great exercise, and that is to um, do what she calls morning pages. And so what you do is you, when you get up, you might want to get up like 15 minutes earlier and you just you get yourself a, a notepad and for 15 minutes, first thing in the morning, you just write everything that's on your mind, everything that you have in your, in your head about what happened yesterday, about worries, things that you're worried about, about you know, projects that you have to work on, about stuff that's coming up, about arguments that you had, about the traffic that you were in, about how you feel, anything that you have in your head. And you just continue to write for 15 minutes without stopping. If you ever get to a point where you start where you start writing and you don't know what to say, you write, I don't know what to say right now. I don't know what to say right now. I don't know what to say right now. And then, so yeah, but I remember last night I was with a friend of mine. We were talking about this and that. And then, and then I had an argument with this person. And then, and then I got stuck in traffic, you know. And writing, your, your vocabulary isn't important. The, your penmanship isn't important. Your grammar isn't important. It doesn't matter. Just get it out. Put it on paper. 
And once you do that, you're going to get so much stuff out of your brain and onto that paper. And then once you're finished, you just take the paper, you fold it up, and you put it someplace, or you can just throw it away because you don't need it anymore. But now your mind is free, and now you can start accepting more things and different things into your mind. And so what kinds of things do you put into your mind? Well, Another great exercise that she suggested that I have also done and, and that is really helpful, and that is what she calls making a date with yourself at least once a week for a couple hours, turn off the phone, and do something that you've never done before. Now, of course, you don't want to do anything stupid. Don't do anything that's going to get you in trouble. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about doing something that you've never done. For example, I don't have any tattoos. I've never had a t- tattoo, probably will never have a tattoo. But one day I went into a tattoo shop to see how they do tattoos because I'd never seen that before. Never ever had ever seen it. And I, it just gives you new stimulus. If you want new stimulus, you have to do different things to get the new stimulus. Otherwise, your stimulus is always going to be the same. It's kind of like when you go to work every day and you take the same road to work every day. You drive your car and you take the same road. You know, Take a different road one day. Go a different way. Get up a little earlier. You know, Or another thing you could do is maybe go and you know, if you're used to driving every day to work, maybe on a Saturday morning you get up and you take the bus. And you go to a little town nearby and you walk or you go to a neighborhood where you've never been before or where you've seen it maybe just by riding by in your car and you go walk around in that neighborhood and just, you know, take in new things, new stimulus. Or maybe you go window shopping or maybe you actually walk into stores that have, you know, um, clothes that have nothing to do with your style of dress. Or you might spend a couple hours just looking through magazines that have nothing to do with anything that you could ever consider liking. But you just look through it and see what those people are doing. You know, you might watch TV shows that, uh, or, a, or a program that, or you know, a movie or something that this doesn't even inspire you at all. But you watch it anyway. And because that's how you're going to get new stimulus. Okay? Another thing that you could consider doing too is to go to seminars and courses. That's a great way to get new stimulus. If you're interested in doing something and you don't know how to do it, one of the best ways for you to get new ideas is to surround yourself with people, with a lot of people who are doing the same thing, who are interested in the same thing that you are, because everybody has their own way of doing it. And when you go to a seminar, you're going to learn from the people who are on the stage, the the seminar leader, but you're also going to learn from the people who are in the seminar along with you. Because the fact of the matter is, especially the larger the group it is, you're probably going to find people who are further along than you in this process. You might find people who are less further along than you in this process, and you're going to find people at your same level. But everybody's different, so you're going to get new stimulus from these people. See what I'm saying? So anyway, I just wanted to leave you with that. I hope that was helpful for you to try to find some new ways to be creative, to find new ways to do things because otherwise you're always going to be boring. You're going to be doing the same things in the same way, right? And get out and study people. That's another thing that you could do. Study other people who are your competitors, who are other people who are doing the same thing that you're doing. See what they're doing. Not to copy them though, but to see what they're doing and then put your own twist on it. All right? So 
you know, I could go on for hours on this stuff because I'm just so I'm so passionate about it. But I'm going to stop here. I hope this was helpful. Um, please, again, I ask you to leave me a review. Tell the world what you think about me, what you think about this podcast, how it's helping you, how, you know, what, also communicate to me what you would like, some topics that you think that, you know, you might be interested in hearing me talk about. I'm just here for you. And I love doing this. I hope you can hear that. I hope you can feel that in my voice. Come to the life you were born to live on Facebook and uh, like me, follow me and stay with me because I have a lot more things to say.